The Liz Callaway Show with Nick Summers, featuring Breitbart Talks on Talk 94.5. That's right. Joining us right now is Dr. Thomas Williams. He is the Rome Bureau Chief for Breitbart, and we were just talking about Pope Francis addressing the um, former President Bill Clinton at an event recently. That whole thing is weird. It is weird, but... Uh, you know, it's not surprising because Pope Francis is that kind of guy. Uh, joining us right now is Dr. Tom Williams. Good morning. Good morning to you on this bright, sunny morning. Even in Rome, it's sunny. A little bit later in the day, but it's bright sunshine. All right. Very good. So tell us, um, tell us, I mean, Rome has, uh, I haven't been there since, I think, just before the Jubilee. How long have you been in Rome? Mm-hmm. Long time. Got here in ninety one. So Okay. Um, so I was th- I was there in like uh ninety-eight, um, when the Vatican was covered in scaffolding, uh getting ready for the big jubilee when they opened the four basilicas. And um it was spectacular, but I was really surprised about um a lot of the um graffiti and garbage that was around certain areas like the Colosseum and all these um, things. Is it, has they cleaned up the streets much in Italy? Uh, that's kind of go a back and forth. It really depends on who is in office as mayor. Uh, it's oh. a very funny thing that sometimes Rome is quite clean. I mean, it, it's, it's always a little shocking, I think, because there is graffiti pretty much all the time. I mean, that, that is, mm-hmm. that's an old, old, ancient Roman tradition. The word graffiti itself is Italian. I mean, really? it's, it's yeah. kind of originated here. Mm-hmm. Um, Interesting. So that, that doesn't go away. But the garbage does go away from time to time. We have, we have better periods and we have worse periods. And uh, anyway, it's just something you kind, you kind of get used to. You always mm-hmm. hope they're going to finally get, get it right and stick with it. But yeah. they don't. Yeah. Well, uh, it always hurts my heart when I saw the graffiti on these, you know, ancient buildings. I'm like, what? I mean, it's unbelievable. You know, in an overpass uh, in New York City, not so much, you know. Um, but but thank you for joining us. Um, I, I was uh, playing a clip of Pope Francis uh, talking about climate change and about children. He, he kind of lumped those two things together. And I know that the Democrats, uh, like Bill Clinton, like to focus on the fact that less children mean less pollution. And uh, Vice President Kamala Harris was just talking about that, how people are thinking twice about having children because of the climate anxiety they're experiencing. How did uh, Pope Francis respond to all this, and why was he appearing live during this uh, Clinton Foundation event, Global Initiative, they call it? Yeah, I always get a kick out of that. You know, the Clinton Global Initiative, and they actually <laughs> put it as CGI, and, mm-hmm. and the initials. And I think to myself, oh, it's CGI, because you never know if it's really Bill Clinton or some <laughs> avatar they're projecting of him. That's he's right. CGI, because we don't know if he's still really alive anymore. He, he seems, you know, anyway, but that's... Uh, he seemed a little weak, putting didn't that he? Aside, yeah, he did seem a little weak, yeah. Um, I, I think, you know, Pope Francis just loves rubbing shoulders with these progressive leaders and former leaders. He likes to be, he likes to be seen with them. He likes to, uh, he shares a lot of their goals and their ideas. He doesn't happily uh, share the idea of population control, the way that Bill Clinton would, would propose it or, or Bill Gates would propose it or so many others. He is, that's not, when he talks about children, that's not where he's going. In fact, he often does talk about the demographic winter in Europe and what a huge problem it is and how important to have 
pro-family program. So he's at least on the right side, yes. uh, on the right page on this one. But in terms of the climate change thing, he has really drunk the Kool-Aid as far as mm-hmm. really truly believing in his heart that we are living in a sort of climate apocalypse, that there is a true emergency, a true crisis, and that, that something needs to be done. Uh, and it's really weird to the juxtaposition because we have him meeting with Bill Clinton and the Clinton Initiative on Monday, but just you know three weeks ago, we had that fantastic declaration, climate declaration, from 1,600 scientists saying there is no climate emergency. Mm-hmm. People standing up, and among them, two Nobel, Nobel Prize winners, saying, look, yes, the climate is changing, but there is no climate emergency. Because uh, people always talk about, you know, the 97% scientific consensus about climate change, but they never ask, what is what kind of consensus is there that we're, there's actually a problem, that there's actually an emergency? And we find that the numbers are, are very split. There are a lot of scientists that pu- push back against that narrative that there's actually a critical situation with it. But unfortunately, Francis is very much of that mind. You know, um, Dr. Williams, I have to ask you this question because you've been in Rome. Americans are basically like on a mushroom farm, right? Fed crap all day, kept in the dark. That's how we are with the news and the rest of the world. But other countries are very globally aware of different issues. So I, I, you know, listen, I'm Catholic. Um, the Pope is Catholic most of the time these days, and uh, except when it came to abortion and fetal baby parts and vaccines and all. But um, I digress. I just wanted to ask you this question because he does have a point when he talks about he may just be a little bit more worldly and more aware of the climate uh, or I should say environmental crimes that are happening in countries like China and India and how they are completely destroying um, areas in in villages and the waters in these areas, like the shipyard, graveyard, uh, you know. And and what I'm just wondering is, he is worried about the children and the safety and the health of children working in these mines and uh, working in China as slaves. And so I, it's almost like I'm going going to give him a little leeway there because he's seeing it from maybe a world perspective now. It translates to us as they're always blaming the West, you know, for environmental assaults. But really, um, does he have a point when he talks about ecological debt uh, that must be paid to poorer nations? I mean, those nation leaders are are just destroying their own land for money. Well, you know, Liz, I agree with you 100%, and I wish, I, I think you're very kind. I think your read is very kind. I don't, unfortunately, think that that's really what Pope Francis has in mind. I, I think you are honestly more aware of that, especially the question of what's happening in, in China, in certain of the former uh, USSR uh, you know, satellite countries, and what's happening in India, and, and the real environmental problems. There are. And by the way, in the Pope's home town of Buenos Aires is one of the very worst, worst uh, ecological dumps uh, oh, really? just outside the city that, that exists mm-hmm. in the world. It's one of those that, that shows up on all the lists of the very worst pollution in the world. But unfortunately, wow. he's not talking about real pollution. He's not talking about particulate matter that, that destroys people's lungs and that makes people sick and okay. the things that we know come from real air pollution. He is talking about, he's talking more the, the green game of 
carbon dioxide is the great pollutant, which we know it is not. Um, mm. And talking about, and he really is blaming the West. Um, he speaks a lot about the global north and the global south, but when he talks about the global north, what he really means is these wealthier first world countries. And he doesn't look at realities like things that you're aware of. The United States has, it's one of the nations with the cleanest air in the entire world. We mm -hmm. actually have whipped real pollution yeah. to such an extent that there just is not, there is not, I mean, you've got little pockets in California, but there are still, you know, issues with smog and things. But, but basically speaking, we have done a really good job. We've cleaned up our air, we've cleaned up our rivers. And the problem is now the only way to really get to the West and to get to the U.S., is you have to invent a boogeyman that you can't see mm -hmm. that isn't polluting, yep. and it's carbon and it's carbon dioxide and, and fossil fuel, that, and fossil fuels yep. that are making that. And and the other thing is, you know, the, the Pope talks about climate change being especially hard on the poor, but what he never recognizes is that that fossil fuels are the number one antidote to poverty. They are what have li has lifted. Mm -hmm countries out of poverty and made prosperity possible. When you have readily available, affordable energy, and at, in this current time and place, that translates into only fossil fuels. When you have that, then you can actually have countries that are, that are reaching a state of affluence and prosperity that we have in the West. And to cut that off and say, we can't do any more investigating, can't do any more digging, we can't do it, it's, it's immoral to continue looking for fossil fuels, you're basically saying all you countries that have never reached a level of prosperity, you're doomed. There's nothing we can do, except maybe throw money. You make, us, you, make you more dependent on us in, in the form of aid. But in terms of your own development, of standing on your own two feet and being able to actually grow and develop, we're going to cut that out. Mm. Uh, and I think it's very irresponsible. I, yeah. I, I just think, you know, I, I don't think he's intentionally doing it. I think he doesn't investigate these these issues, uh, you know, deeply enough. And I think he also has a number of advisors. That I was just going to say that. Party yeah. line. I was wondering yeah. if there are people around him that are just, I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to assume that the Pope is uh, very impressionable and not too bright, but it seems like maybe he has people telling him a lot of stuff that he's not questioning. I think he doesn't question it. I, 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 no, like I, Alex I Soros, he's, he was just there with him. He was just there. He was just there in tow with, uh, with Bill Clinton mm -hmm. last month, and then Bill Clinton again now. Um, he talks to all these kind of lefty leaders and, and, and those of the progressive worldview, and he, he rubs shoulders all the time with Antonio Guterres, the Secretary General of the United Nations, their best buddies, and they reaffirm each other's view on these issues and these problems. And so he gets a lot of reinforcement from the left that he's such a courageous leader to speak out on these things. But first of all, he's neglecting the real mission of, you know, you know, the, the, the uh, successor of St. Peter from our Catholic perspective of really mm -hmm. talking about salvation and the gospel and things that are really in his job description. And instead, he's kind of traded them in for these, you know, issues du jour uh, and really just see, singing the, uh, the, the lefty line on these. And it's very, very unfortunate. And again, I, I wouldn't be quick to attribute malice to him because that's not, you know, that's not my, my job to do. But I certainly think he's extraordinarily misguided and mm -hmm. mistaken on these. And unfortunately, he's, he leads a lot of people to either be frustrated or worse. People leave the church, people question, people say, you know, what, what's the deal here? Why are you talking about things that have nothing to do with the gospel of Jesus Christ and everything to do with simply a lefty political agenda? I don't understand. I, I'm just wondering, how do people who are in Italy 
who are Catholic, who are so intertwined with the fact that the Vatican is there, okay? I know it's its own country or whatever, but I just have to say, like, how do people feel when they see the Pope standing next to people who are so um, supportive of abortion? Like, I just, to me as a Catholic, I cannot see how the Pope can get past that and not condemn it. Well, you know, it, it is, It is. believe me, I am the first person to be completely frustrated by this. The Italians have a little bit more of a laissez-faire sort of attitude mm. towards certain things like this than, than we Americans do. Uh, it, it irritates me no end to see him, you know, giving all this airtime and having all these photo ops with these, these leaders who are huge abortion advocates worldwide, not only in their own countries, but they're pushing it on the world stage, and not to, you know, raise the alarm and say, no, you, what you're doing is wrong, the way we would have expected from a pope like Pope John Paul II, which he would have done that for sure. He would not have allowed that to just, to just go by. Uh, the Italians are very forgiving on these things. They don't um, have the same... The Ita- Italian Catholics are against abortion, but they don't hold it up as that kind of singular crime the way many of us Americans look. When we look at just the number of lives that are killed, the fact that these are innocent babies, and you know, this is really uh, this is really the crime of our of our century. This is the social injustice of our time. I think a lot of the Italians look at it as one of many issues, and they give a lot of leeway and allow uh, allow their, their leaders to do this sort of thing. And I, again, I find that frustrating, but I think that kind of helps explain just it's a difference in, in mentality. You know, uh, one last thing, Dr. Williams, when I heard, uh, that Pope Francis said that, or, and the Vatican releasing a statement when it was revealed that fetal baby parts have been used in the development and in some cases in the production of the COVID-19 vaccines, there, they said, quote, it is morally acceptable to receive COVID-19 vaccines that have used cell lines from aborted fetuses in the research and production process when ethically irreproachable vaccines aren't available, uh, you know, aren't available to the public. But it stressed that um, that they said that uh, it should not in any way imply that there is a moral endorsement of the use of these cell lines proceeding from aborted fetuses. So he was saying, and, and this is what really aggravated me because we uh, who didn't want to take a vaccine that wasn't well enough tested, he was saying, oh no, it's you can't, it was almost like telling us we can't use a religious exception. I mean, if the Pope is saying it's okay, then you are going to, you know, that's a null and void, um, you know, a defense against uh, taking the vaccine. And I found that to be so offensive. I was, I, I will never, I'm supposed to forgive. I can't forgive him for saying that because he really put us all, you know, in a position where all of a sudden it's morally acceptable for you know, abort, yeah. aborted babies yeah. to be used in science. No, that was that was that was again just just horrific. And I and I think that you know the the American bishops, the U.S. bishops, were much better on that question. They said there is a question yes. of religious exemption. Right. No one should be forced to do this against their conscience. They came up. A number of bishops spoke up individually. They also spoke collectively. There was there was really a great response. And unfortunately, we did not get that out of Rome. And and, it, and when it was really needed to say people. 
you know, have real grounds for, for objecting to this, and they should not be forced into taking something that's that right. they find to be morally evil. Um, and that should be always reaffirmed. I mean, that's a, that's a basic principle of Catholic moral teaching, that, that you can't make people do something that they know to be wrong. That, yeah. that, that is, it's, it's, it's evil to make people do evil. Right. Um, and yeah. so, and you have to respect that. And, uh, and again, I think that the response, thankfully, of the U.S. bishops was, was far better. Mm-hmm. We do right. have some good leadership in the church, and there's reason to hope for the future. You know, not every, not every pope is the same. Not every pope mm-hmm. is, is the guy we'd like to see sitting in that chair. And we've had a number of, of bad ones in history, and it, it allows us to have a little bit of, of patience and, you know, to be long-suffering. Well, I thought he was going to retire, like, last year, but he, I don't know. He it's, kept promising, promising a short pontificate. Yep. He hasn't, he hasn't uh, <laughs> proved it on that, on that promise at all. No, uh, the, you know, the sooner the better. As soon as he wants to head on, that's, that's, that's a welcome thing. But uh, <laughs> at the moment, we just have to suffer through this and, uh, and pray for them and pray for the rest of Catholics that their own faith, you know, be strengthened and not, not weakened by this, which is, you know, many times what seems like an anti-witness, something I, that is I tell you one you know, thing, more destructive than building. I would love yeah. to be a fly on the wall when he's at the pearly gates talking, <laughs> talking his way in through St. Peter. That is the one place I'd like to be. Man, that's got to be some conversation. Oh yeah, you know, you, I couldn't agree more. It'll be like it'll be pulling out the file and saying, "You said what?" I know, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much, uh, Dr. Williams from Breitbart. It's uh, it's actually great uh, following you on Breitbart.com, uh, Dr. Tom Williams. Thank you so much. We'll talk to you next time. Thank you, Liz. It's a pleasure. Thanks for listening to the Liz Calloway Show with Nick Summers.